You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I didn't think it could get much worse than what we saw from George McCaskey and Ted Phillips at the press conference last offseason. But you'd think by now, covering the team long enough, we would start to learn. And yet, still expectations <laughs> disappointed once again from the chairman of the franchise. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth, Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to watch all of our video podcasts as well. Today's episode is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout the playoffs all the way to the big game. On the show today, we recap the press conference from Bears chairman George McCaskey and so many ways it was frustrating, embarrassing, tone deaf, just misguided. So many things seemed to go wrong and we'll sort of, we'll dive in in particular where the biggest most notable moments were, right? I mean, it wasn't a complete disaster, but it was an opportunity for the for the owner to come out and say, you know what, hey, things weren't going right, but here's how we're going to fix it. Here's why you should feel better, and here's where there's optimism. And it's sort of, this is the damage control press conference. And it felt like George McCaskey was able to do anything but. Like he made the damage worse with a lot of the things that he said. And it, there's there's more than we can even fully get into through this podcast. And so I want to just hit on some of the big ones, but like, you know, there were, there were a number of different things that really stood out as strongly just backwards or misguided or not well said, not well planned and really not giving answers to the types of questions that Bears fans would have wanted answers to in order to feel better about the state of the franchise moving forward, right? They're admitting failure in firing Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And for Bears fans, that was supposed to be a big sigh of relief, a big point of like, all right, now we can move forward, right? This is going to be steps in the positive direction from here. And they wanted reassurance that, okay, things are going to get better and here's what they're going to do differently this time and here and all these different things. And we never really got that. Instead, we got George McCaskey saying, all right, here's how the, sh- the search is going to go. Bill Polian, the former Colts executive, is going to be as part of this consulting type role. It's him and Ted Phillips and and, and then Soup Campbell and the, their director of you know, player engagement. I mean, there's a few different non, all non-football people plus Bill Polian are now going to be involved in this general manager search and head coaching search. But George McCaskey ultimately says it will, the buck stops with him and he will have the final say and the ultimate decision on both the general manager and the head coach. And yes, he is in charge of the team and it is fully his right to say that and to do so, right? I mean, there is the, the board of directors is above him and they have, you know, tasked him with this responsibility. And so they are technically the group that would hold him accountable if there would was actually accountability in this organization. But the board is mostly his entire family and his entire family is not going to fire him for one playoff win 
in his tenure and only a couple of playoff appearances and you know, losing record and all these different things that have gone on since George McCaskey has been the chairman. But he, he struck this, this weird dichotomy where he said, you know, like this is going to be our process and we believe in our process and we're going to make the right decisions for our organization. And then specifically he was asked about the, the, the question itself and the other things he talks about here is not as critical as the first words of his answer. He was asked about Justin Fields and, and his evaluation of Justin Fields and whether or not that will influence which person they decide on as a general manager. But the way he answered this question eliminated so much of the faith in the process and contradicted a lot of some of the other things he had been saying all along. Hey, George, how would you articulate your current belief in, in Justin Fields? And then the next part of that, would you like to see him get involved when this reaches maybe the, the coaching search process? Would you like him to get to know some of these guys before you make that final decision? Well, I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. Um, and as a fan, what I see is a dynamic player uh, with a lot of potential, a lot of ability, a lot of heart and a strong work ethic. So we're looking for a general manager and a head coach who will develop not just the quarterback position, um, but the talent around him and establishing a strong defense to help the quarterback uh, to bring the Bears to success. Um, Justin will not be an active part of the search process, uh, but we'll be very interested to hear from both general manager and head coach candidates what their plan is to get the most out of the quarterback position for us. So the key part there is not about Justin Fields, right? Yes, okay, Fields is not going to be in the process, whatever, like he's a rookie, not important. But the, the phrase there at the beginning, I'm a fan, not an evaluator, as though like, okay, McCaskey saying, all right, I'm not, I'm not evaluating the quarterback here. I'm just, I'm just a guy who, who likes the team and roots for the Bears. Sure. And, and, and I've heard a lot of arguments from people on Twitter of like, yes, most NFL owners are not football experts, right? That's their, their business people or whatever you might, whatever you might think they are. But that's fine if your owner stays out of the way. Right. If the owner says, no, I, I'm a fan, I'm not an evaluator, so I let other people make the football decisions, then that's fine. But the problem with McCaskey here is that he has said, no, they report to me and I'm making the decision ultimately on GM and head coach. So how can the fan base trust him to make a smart ultimate decision on a GM and head coach when he freely admits in the press conference that he is not a football evaluator and a fan. And so if he, and if he's not able to evaluate football effectively, then why is he responsible for evaluating general manager and head coach? You know, how, how, is, how can he be responsible for evaluating the people who evaluate if he doesn't know how to evaluate? And I've heard people say, well, well what should he do differently? He's the owner. Of course, the owner has to pick who, you know, who, who has to pick a football evaluator somewhere in that process. So what difference does it make? Sure, but there was a great tweet. Somebody uh, tweeted me in response to that quote. John Osborne at Two Hand Math on Twitter said, imagine the CEO of Pepsi saying they didn't know about the business, but they loved the taste. And I think that's the perfect analogy for what we heard from George McCaskey there, saying like, he doesn't know how to evaluate football, but he likes the Bears, right? He likes the Bears, and he's a fan of the Bears. 
but he doesn't know how to evaluate football. So then why is he in charge of deciding who gets to evaluate football, right? You want an alternative? You take Bill Polian, you bring in whatever other evaluators you want to bring in. You don't just pick one guy and say, all right, Bill, you pick the GM. No, you bring in a group of players, or I mean, a group of executive, a group of guys who know football, make them the panel, give them the ultimate say. Instead, George picks four other non-football evaluators and adds one football evaluator in Bill Polian who will have, you know, 20% of the say or however they want to split up the, the responsibilities. But it's like it's four business non-football people and one football person making this decision. And that's the problem, right? It was the problem when they did it with Ernie Accorsi in 2015. And it feels like we're doing the same thing over again, just replacing one Hall of Fame executive with another Hall of Fame executive. And it's still George McCaskey's decision, but he's a fan and not a football evaluator. And we shouldn't have a fan picking the general manager and head coach of the football team. That's a problem. That's that's what Bears fans are so frustrated about and why we've seen the same organizational failures year in and year out because you have a fan and not a football evaluator making these decisions and he's not empowering football evaluators to make these decisions. He's bringing in Bill to consult and give him some advice, which is better than nothing, right? It is better than nothing. I'd rather have Polian in his ear than just him deciding on his own. Sure. But he's got, I don't know whether it's stubbornness, whether it's ego, whether it's ignorance, whatever it is, he seems very stuck on like, no, I need to make this decision because I'm in charge as opposed to being a leader who can recognize your own strengths and weaknesses and empower someone else who's better at making those decisions to help make those decisions and take some of that responsibility off your plate. So that's, that's where a lot of the frustration starts with George McCaskey. But I, I also think it was just a terrible job from a press conference standpoint of being able to smooth things over with the fan base and, and really appeal to them at, at a press conference that's solely designed to do that. We'll hear more from the chairman and where things just seem to really go awry next on Locked on Bears. People think unusual circumstances means complicated taxes, but for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Life changes are exciting, and they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Lord knows I struggle with that every single year at tax season. Or maybe you started driving rideshare after your 9-to-5 job, or maybe you work in one state but you live in another, and you need help figuring out how exactly to report your income. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. So whether you got married, had kids, or changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and give you the best possible tax outcome. To TurboTax experts, an interesting life can mean even a greater refund. So visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Plenty of uh, interesting changes, interesting ideas coming out from George McCaskey through this Bears press conference. And it, it wasn't anything drastic. I mean, we did learn that Ted Phillips in particular will be involved in this head, this general manager and head coach searching panel. But after that, we'll, know, we'll sort of step away from the football decisions and the GM will report solely to George McCaskey and not report to both Ted and George, which again, if George is a fan and not a football evaluator, 
how good is he at truly evaluating whether a general manager is doing a good job for the team. But regardless, that's the closest. It's like that. Like the changes that George came out and said, here's what we're going to do differently this time. It's, well, Ted's still involved in the GM and head coach search, so that's not different yet, but it will be different once they have someone in place. So that's that's new. That's that's something. The other new thing, of course, then Bill Polian is the executive they brought in at some point during the regular season to evaluate their operation from top to bottom and ultimately help recommend a change in general manager and head coach. And we will do a podcast later on this week or next week about Bill Polian in particular and why the pros and cons of Bill Polian as the consultant here. Some of the things he did well some of the reasons to be concerned about Polian as a potential evaluator. We can't get through everything in just one podcast here after the big press conference. But Polian being involved in this process is new. It was Accorsi, Ernie Accorsi, the former Giants general manager back when they hired Ryan Pace. Now it's the former Colts GM executive Bill Polian helping with this time around. And then this time, the other thing he pointed to being different is who is on their panel of people involved in the GM and head coach search, which again, uh, Soup Campbell, Bill Polian, Ted Phillips, and the their head of diversity and engagement, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. Not football people, but different people. You know, instead of it being a Corsi, Phillips, and McCaskey, we're adding a couple others. And I guess, you know, wisdom of the crowds, another brain. I mean, I, I do think Soup Campbell really does have a good feel for the the, the senses of the players. Like, I, I don't think he's a bad person to at least take input in. You know, should his should his input outweigh you know, football executives who know more than he probably does at this stage of his career? Probably not, but he has valuable input. Not that none of them have, not that all of them don't have some level of valuable input, but just again, that like you you want experienced football minds and evaluators making these decisions. And when McCaskey admits he's a fan, you can sort of assume that Ted Phillips is also not a football evaluator. He's at best a fan. Soup Campbell, a former player, college football, et cetera, in the NFL, like, Maybe he's a football evaluator, but regardless, right, not not a great squad here uh, of just full-on football evaluators. And so I, I, I was glad the Chicago media was was not afraid to ask some of the difficult questions here that a lot of Bears fans are asking. It's like, okay, so George, if it's still you and Ted and, and some of these other non-football people, we've seen these same results over and over again, and you're still the one making these decisions and not, generally speaking, changing the process. I mean, McCaskey is still the one making the decision, still his final say on GM and head coach. So why should Chicago Bears fans believe anything different right now? And it was a great opportunity for George to share some real things about, you know what, we learned over the last few years that maybe with with Ryan Pace or Phil Emery or whoever, we put too much stock in this and not enough stock in that, or we learned that this is more important now than it used to be or all that stuff. And instead, we got just really, a, I think, a, a pretty tone-deaf, terrible non-answer, something even more like negative than a not. Like you could have given me a, a word jumbled non-answer, but instead we got more of like a trust us, we're going to figure it out without really answering the question he was asked. I guess coming off of actually what Ted just said, I mean, all due respect at this point, I think the fans just care about winning football games. What you're describing in this process, I have to be honest, sounds a lot like 2015 where it was you and Ted, you guys hired Ernie Accorsi to come in to help you guys. And here we are seven years later. So why should Bears fans trust 
at this time, regardless of the people you guys hire and their individual qualities, that it's going to result in wins on the field. Yeah, Adam, that's the important thing. And I don't think we're going to convince them today, or like I said, perhaps even the day that our next general manager and head coach are introduced. Um, we've got to have results on the field. Um, that's the only thing that matters. And that's when um, we'll win Bears fans over. Um, Bill Paulian talks in his books about um, decisions he made as a general manager that were considered wildly unpopular at the time, um, but eventually they bore fruit. And you have to be ready and willing to make what may very well be an unpopular decision if you're convinced it's best for the Bears. few different things to pull apart there. One, one I think it's important to sort of break it down big picture and say, like, really, the question there was, George, the results haven't been good enough yet. Why should we trust that results will be different? And his answer was, the results will speak for themselves. And that's the whole, right? That, that the results have spoken for themselves, George. You didn't answer the question. How, how will the results be different this time? And he says, well, we can't convince you, so we'll just have to convince you with wins and losses. And that's not convincing. I mean, he's like, well, we're not even going to try to convince you, right? Like, I would have been, I would have felt better if he had come up with some kind of, even if it's a fake nonsense answer about like, you know, we believe in Bill Polian. We've learned a lot from the last few years. And this time we're going to take this approach differently, or we want to slightly focus on this type of thing. I mean, even if it's just, you know, filler words to give you a, uh, even just a fake sort of answer. But instead he literally was like, well, we're not going to convince you. So I guess we're just going to have to do it on the field, won't we? And that's what it's been the last decade. That's the why the, the question was, why is it going to be different? And all you said was, well, it's got to be different, right? If we're going to convince you, it needs to be different. But that's not telling us anything about why it's going to be different. And that's why there's so much of this, this frustration. Like, you just had to give something. And, and there's just no recognition of, no, 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 the public. He clearly recognizes that the public opinion is negative, right? He clearly understands that, yes, he he thinks nothing he's going to say is actually convincing, going to convince them. But like, you couldn't, you couldn't at least like try. I mean, not that you're going, not that you think you're going to convince them, but like, give them something instead. And like, all, all you said was trust us. Essentially, you said, why should, why do we think things should be different? You said, well, we can't we can't convince you, so we're just going to have to do it on the field. That means trust us. It's going to be different. But you, the question was, why should we trust you? And you didn't give us any reason to trust you. You just said. We'll see what the results are. And it comes back to this idea of there just being no accountability in, in Hallis Hall above the general manager, right? The accountability always falls on the GM and head coach that they hire. It never falls on the chairman. And he says, you know, well, I'm evaluated by the board of directors and the board of directors wants me to continue in this role and to make these decisions because the board of directors is your entire family. So of course they're not going to fire their family member, right? I mean, it's just, that's what's so in just infuriating about the state of this team is that other owners seem to know how to get out of the way. And instead the bears insist on George McCaskey being the one who's hands-on in so much of this process. And he says, no, I'm not hands-on. I didn't say anything about Justin Fields. I let the coaches 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 coach 
and the GM's GM, and he says, we believe in our process, and we think the structure that we have is going to work. But they never answered why that structure they think is going to work and how that structure is going to be any different than the previous times it hasn't worked over the last few decades. Like, that's that really, I think, sums up so much frustration about the current direction of the franchise, where they've been going, where they still seem to continue to go, because it feels like, we just keep hearing the same things every time they go through this head coach and general manager process. And it's that idea of like the not real definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's what the Bears ownership seems to be doing. And Bears fans are left, you know, you, every Bears fan wants to get their hopes up and wants to expect a different result. But how many times do you have to see the same thing? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me three times. Fool me five times. However many it's been with George McCaskey. Shame on you. George McCaskey. I mean, that's what it is at this point. Like, shame on you. Shame on you for squandering the opportunities you have to run this team in any sort of, you know, smart, progressive, forward-thinking way. And instead, they're stuck on, he's in charge, it's his team, it's his rules, which they're perfectly allowed to do, but they're alienating their fan base as a, as a process. They're also alienating former players, right? Separate from the direction of the team, George unnecessarily threw his current players and his former players under the bus and handled it extremely poorly and extremely tone deaf. We'll hear his comments on Olin Krutz in particular. We'll, we'll apply some nuance to it. It's not purely just George bad, but it is purely George handled it poorly. Next on Locked on Bears. Hey, Bears fans, I want to tell you about an incredible app for anyone who buys gasoline. Anytime you fill up a vehicle, a small small engine, motor, whatever, you know, lawnmower, snowblower, whatever it might be, it's called Get Upside. And listeners of Locked on Bears are making up to 25 cents per gallon cash back every time they fill up at the pump. The money goes right into your, your account, and there's no catch, right? Some people who drive a lot are making as much to, as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's just there's absolutely no catch. So download the Get Upside app and enter in our promo code Touchdown, and you're going to get an, a bonus cash back up to fifty cents per gallon cash back on your first deposit, then up to twenty five cents back on every gallon of gas each time. It's every time you fill up per gallon, twenty five cents per cash back plus. Enter the promo code TOUCHDOWN up to 50 cents gallon cash back on your first deposit when you download the Get Upside app and enter our promo code TOUCHDOWN. Listen, we're all looking for an edge these days and we want to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, Online Gambling is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. They're the most trusted experience online all day, every day, inspiring gamblers across the world to beat the odds. Don't make emotional decisions with your money. Make informed decisions with information sourced by gambling experts. So make sure you consult OnlineGambling.com before placing your bets. The place you want to go for all of your playoff bets in particular, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the entire NFL playoffs. Remember, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most out of this year's playoffs and, of course, the big game. Feels like the Bears are just as far, if not farther, from the big game now than they were, I mean, seven years ago when they hired Ryan Pace, four years ago when they hired Matt Nagy. I mean, just the more things change, the more things, the more so many of those things seem to stay the same. And... 
with everything that we heard from George McCaskey, right, he did not do a good job of selling Bears fans on hope and optimism as far as why things are going to be different now and why they're going to get this right and how the people they're bringing in and the decision-making process is going to be so much better. We've, we've established that. And if that was it for the press conference, it would still be bad, but it wouldn't feel like nearly as much of an absolute public relations disaster as it did in, in two areas. One was George McCaskey calling out current players on the team, not by name, but by close enough. In saying some of the, like this, he was asked, and I don't, I'm not going to play the clip here because there's another clip to get to, but he was asked, are there some things from this season that you point to that really hammered it home for you that a head coaching change and GM change needed to be made? And he said, among other things, this season in week one, there was a play, his quote was, there was a play where one of our defensive players failed to touch down a receiver who had caught a pass and allowed him to get up and run in for a touchdown. And then in week 18, there was another defensive player who failed to touch and tackle a wide receiver after the catch. In week one, that was Eddie Jackson. In week 18, it was Jalen Johnson. Two players who are considered leaders of your secondary. One is one of your highest paid defensive players and a leader in Eddie Jackson. Although we were frustrated with Eddie Jackson, he still fits that role in the locker room, whether we like it or not. And the other is the young up-and-coming player in your secondary that Bears fans love and it needs to be a future leader of this defense. Called them both out totally unnecessarily, right? He was asked, he could have answered that question with a non-answer and said, ah, you know, there was a lot of different things and blah, 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 blah. But remember, he's not a football evaluator. He's just a fan. And yet he's able to evaluate, well, we didn't tackle the guys here. And he said, the other thing he said was that there were ga two games in the calendar year where we didn't score a touchdown until the final play of the game. So apparently... He's a football evaluator in those moments, but not a football evaluator. He's a fan, right? He's just a fan. He's not a football evaluator, but he's enough of an evaluator to literally throw Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson under the bus totally unnecessarily in answering that question. But worse than that, even, at least he didn't call them by name. And those are actually like bad things and they deserve criticism for doing those things poorly. Like that, there's, there's some validity to that. But worse than that was what George McCaskey said about Olin Krutz. And we're going to play the clip. And this is not, and I will preface this by saying, like, I don't universally believe everything Olin Krutz says. But most importantly, regardless of whether Olin Krutz is telling the truth or, or stretching the truth, or even if he was straight up lying, this is not how you answer this question. George, Olin Krutz um, told a story the other day about how the Bears offered him essentially a somewhat of a consulting role with the offensive line um, for $15 an hour. Were you aware of that offer when it happened? And what was your reaction whenever you were aware of it? I've learned over the years to take just about anything that Olin says with a grain of salt. And I look forward to hearing that story again and hope he includes it in his Hall of Fame induction speech. So you're saying that it's not true? Uh, that's the way it is sometimes with Olin. Don't get the whole story. And Olin knows what the story is. I was trying to think how many ways George McCaskey could have handled it worse. Right, I can think of about a thousand ways he could have handled it better, but outside of coming out and calling him a dirty liar and 
you know, cursing him out. I mean, just literally like obscene, unprofessional things. It's about as poorly as you can handle that answer, right? I don't know if Olin Kurtz is telling the truth or not. I, I mean, I, I tend to think he doesn't have a, a huge incentive to lie about that specifically, but regardless, you don't have to answer that question like that. Like, you don't have to have a degree in public relations to know that's not how you should answer that question. I mean, I don't, I don't, I've never been trained in public relations. I would hope George McCaskey has gotten a lot more public relations consulting and training than I have. And he still answers that question by throwing Olin Krutz under the bus? Like, that's that's what you think is a good idea to say there? That's your, that's your plan? That's how you're going to respond there? I mean, you could literally say anything else. I mean, like, all you have to do is give, again, the, the public relations non-answer of, like, you know, we're aware of the allegations that Olin has made and we are concerned about the details and we are looking into it. We're, we're, we're going to address it. We're investigating it. I mean, even if you're lying, you know, even if you're not going to do any of those things, all you have to do is not call him a liar, right? That's sort of the, the bare minimum here of like what you, I mean, like you're the owner of the team. He's a, a beloved former player I mean, a player that Bears fans enjoyed watching on the offensive line. Now he's a member of the media and does a podcast and is on the postgame shows and all that stuff. And, and you, you completely just take him out, right? Again, it's not about whether Olin is or isn't telling the truth. It's just about, like, not creating enemies. Like, just being, I mean, he tried to be sort of respectful about it, but it didn't work. Right? I mean, of course, like Olin Kurtz was furious and, and all those different things, like as, as he should be. Olin Kurtz like, tweeted out, like, if he said that to my face, we're going to have problems. And that's what's so spineless about it from George McCaskey, right? It's like, of course, he'll say it there. But you think he's going to say that right in front of Olin Kurtz? I mean, it just it feels like a character thing, too, where it's just like, why, why do you have to call him? I mean, even if, you, even if George genuinely believes that Olin Kurtz is making the story up or exaggerating or whatever it is, all you got to do is... is I mean, you could just give a non-answer. You have no reason to volunteer that level of just a disrespect. I mean, is it is it too strong to call it disrespect? I mean, it's what it, it just it just feels like not the way you treat any former player, especially ones who's beloved. When Bears fans are already peeved at you, George, right? You're not you're not the good guy. You're you're trying to win fans over right now. They're already frustrated with you, right? So if, if you're trying to say it's me versus Olin, the fan base is, is automatically going to go with Olin uh, on that, right? And uh, like, oh, don't get me wrong, Olin seems like a good guy. I mean, he, but he's not he's not indefeasible here either, right? I mean, he if you notice, he doesn't really criticize the center Sam Mustafer when even when he's criticizing the rest of the offensive line, and even when Mustafer's playing poorly because he helped train Sam Mustafer. So like that's his guy and he's not going to criticize him and that's that's fine that's his prerogative right so like he, he is not a, a a perfect figure by any means but like good god man all you had to do was not start a dumpster fire not pick fights with former players like it, that's like simple easy stuff just say nothing give us the the canned non-answer and you avoid that but instead he creates this whole additional controversy and mess for himself in a press conference that he called that's designed to 
calm the fan base, public relations. Let's ease things. Let's build optimism and hope for the future. And instead, we pick fights with a former player. We call out our current players. We don't answer questions about the process. We don't seem to be changing anything. We admit that we're not good at this and yet still say, hey, trust us, we're going to get it right. They took basically just saying, hey, we're doing everything pretty much the same way, but this time it's going to be different. Trust us, even though I'm not an evaluator, I'm a fan, and let me also throw my players and current and former players under the bus. Great job. Press conference 101. That's how it was somehow worse this time than it was a year ago when we got the magical quote from George or, from George or Ted who said, have we gotten the quarterback position right? No. Have we won enough games? No. But other than that, we're still doing well, right? I mean, a hilarious joke of a quote that you can't just make up. I mean, it sounds it sounds like too unreal to be true. And yet, somehow, we found a way to top it this year. And that's really the state of the Chicago Bears franchise under George McCaskey as the owner. It's a frustrating spot to be. I don't have a good answer for you as to why you should be more hopeful. But I will say... I think at this point I'm left sort of feeling like maybe they can luck into a good GM and head coach, right? The process that they're going by with which to hire a GM and head coach does not seem to be particularly well thought out and sound. That doesn't mean they can't still accidentally find a good one, right? It doesn't mean they're guaranteed to find a bad one. It just seems like they're lowering their chances of finding a good one, but there's still a chance they can find a good one. And in the coming days and weeks here on the podcast, we're going to dive into GM candidates, head coaching candidates, more about Bill Polian and this search process, and so much more. So I hope you'll subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Even when ownership is disappointing and failing you, I hope the podcast can help help you sort of get some group therapy along the way, help you feel maybe a little bit better about it, and most importantly, help you Bear down.